91.3 KBCS, Music and Ideas, listener-supported radio from Bellevue College. Next, Julie Kim is a Canadian stand-up comedian and writer for TV and film. Kim has toured with comedian Ronnie Chiang and has written for TV programs such as CBC's Kim's Convenience and for actor Simu Liu as he hosted the prominent Canadian Music Awards event, the Juno Awards. Kim will be at Seattle's Crocodile on Thursday, and I spoke with her earlier this month. She starts by describing her approach to work. For me, doing stand-up lets me look at the world in a different way. Like, I think I've just developed a lens that keeps most things amusing for me because I'm always looking for what's funny or weird. And even when things are frustrating, I have an outlet. And then it's very validating and satisfying when that output turns into something that works and makes other people happy. So it's just kind of turned out to be that. And I'm also currently just driven by the fact that um, I feel like I'm helping people be happy to actually see firsthand that you make other people laugh and get relief from whatever stress or worries they have is, is very motivating for me. So you being in the field of comedy, you are able to see the power of humor. What are some of the most powerful ways that you've seen humor healing or changing a moment in the room? Or what's an example of that? Yeah, I have a few examples. Lately, I've gotten a lot of great feedback from audience members, either after a show or via my DMs on socials from a lot of Asian people, actually, whether it's male or female, just saying that they love my comedy. They love seeing Asians in entertainment and comedy, and they love the representation, which is so nice. And then it gets a level deeper sometimes in some of the comments I get from Asian females who say, you know, oh, I love your strong point of view, or like you're saying exactly what I feel. And it feels cathartic, or I feel seen like so many examples, like I was in Irvine, California, and there was a lovely lady that came up to me after the show, and she was half Korean. And I talk about my half Korean daughter and all the silly comments we get about her and how cute she is. And, you know, that whole thing about being half Asian. And she came up to me almost crying and saying that she's never heard anyone say it before. And she thought she was imagining all the weird things that she experienced and felt when she was younger. Things like that, things like Asian females telling me it's been such a hard couple of years for uh, obvious reasons. And it was just it's so nice to hear a female Asian voice that's like really uh, strong and funny, somehow they feel empowered by it, which is something I hear all the time. Now I say this, but I have to tell you, this is not intended at all. I'm just there talking about stuff that I find funny or that bothers me, but like in my real voice, and I feel like my voice has become so raw and authentic to who I am. So it's very unbridled and maybe other people are getting something from that, which I'm really happy about for sure. Um, but it's also um, coming from other people. One time I was at a comedy club here in Vancouver. And after the show, there was a guy who looked nothing like anyone who like I know or who regularly um, I would hang out with. He was like, a, you know, an older white guy with a motorcycle, like a beard, a leather vest. And he said, hey, that was really good. You were my favorite uh, comedian. I've never heard an Asian woman swear so much. And I said, okay. 
I'm gonna take that all as a compliment, I think. And then, <laughs> and then later I thought about it and I thought that was overall kind of cool because this guy had an idea of what Asian women were or are. And by coming to the show, that perception changed. Um, and it was a positive <laughs> perception. So then I thought maybe this guy is less likely to have a bias next time to assume that we're all the same or to see an Asian woman and assume that she's something that she's not. Do you know what I mean? Because now he knows there's a variety of us. It's a really neat thing that keeps constantly happening. So that's part of the driving force right now, too. I feel really fortunate that I get to go out there, be myself, but then positively in most cases help with the whole you know representation thing in real life being a woman in comedy is uncommon but being a mom of a young kid in comedy is even more rare i asked kim how her daughter responds to her work she is six years old and very smart and astute and aware um we, my husband and I are always joking and we're sarcastic. So one thing she said to us, I think she was only four, but she said to me very seriously, she goes, mama, sometimes your jokes are too hard and they hurt my feelings. <gasps> I know. <laughs> and then, yeah, that's when I realized, oh no, that, like kids take things very literally and they're sensitive as they should be. I, I think I've been trying so hard to not change myself, to lose my identity after becoming a parent that I haven't <laughs> put in some tools that I should maybe be putting in for the well-being of her psyche. She likes that, you know, we're a fun household and we're fun. She doesn't like when I go away at night at bedtime. One frustrating thing I'll tell you is that often people who have known nothing about my home life or my husband or me or our dynamic will tell me how lucky I am to have such a supportive husband who does so much. And in reality, he doesn't do more than half, like overall. But like as a society, we just are, we're still at this point where if a guy is supportive of a woman's career or does half of the work that he's getting praised for it, you never hear someone say to a male comedian, you're so lucky you have a wife that stays home with your kids. It's disgusting. It makes me so angry, but that's okay. I use this anger towards my comedy. <laughs> you know, there's like that image of comedy about making people laugh, but how is it a cathartic or therapeutic for you? How do you work with that anger in comedy? Mm. I have to be careful because my first instinct when I get angry is to not package what I'm saying or feeling it most effectively. Like comedy is about, for me, a writing. So my, you know, anytime my comedy is good, it's because I've written something good and then I deliver it very, very well. So raw emotion often isn't nuanced or clever. So I can think about the things that anger me. I mean, like most women, it's a series of fairly regular, you know, and universal things. I think like, you know, there are a number of comedians who do ranty comedy. So it's just them sort of yelling at the sky or people from the stage, which is great, even better when it's well-written and clever and actually funny. 
And I don't have all the answers, but I find that when I approach it from a standpoint of pointing out an absurdity, as opposed to something that I hate, 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 it's more effective. It's a little, it's, it's more fun to do in that way. And you can get your point across more if you're not like directly attacking people. If you got into argument with someone and you just said, you're a stupid idiot, well, then your argument's over. And like, you haven't said anything clever. You haven't won anything. So you take a couple extra minutes to actually craft something that is clever, makes a point um, and gets people to think, yeah, it's so much more effective. So what's an example of something that would be different than you stupid idiot? Uh <laughs> Well, I, I have one, I think. So one of my pet peeves is when women, older women, don't believe in women's rights. And they think that's because they went through hard times and they were taught that women are less and should be modest or you have to be a certain way to be a lady. Um, that yeah, I, I that's the judgments that I hate, or anything where it's like it was hard for me, so it should be hard for you too. Like that's how I feel about comedy too. I love that there's so many new female comedians coming out. I hope they have an easier time than I did. I hope there's more, you know, gender parity and everybody gets the unrestricted ability to do well. So I could say to one of those older ladies, like, you're a stupid idiot. But instead, I've got this joke where I'm talking to a woman who says, you know, in my day, we were taught to just, you know, sit down and not say much. And we should, you know, that a woman is less than a man. And then I say something like, if you really were raised to believe all that, you would know how to sit down and shut the hell up. You know what I mean? Like, a little wrapped joke like that. Yeah, thank you. I got to work on the, the wording. See, it's all in evolution. I can't think of a way to ask a question around this. It's about like comedy being an art form that is kind of messy and in the moment. And if there's anything else you might want to say to that part of this craft. Yeah, I mean, I've always thought about how different it is to be a stand-up comedian versus say a musician or a band because you can go do a concert and you're playing your music over and over again and the people have heard it in the exact same way you played it before they like it they even love it because they're they sing along and they it's it becomes like a classic like you could never do that as a comedian you can't just go up there and say these are the words I'm gonna say in this order with this cadence that because you're speaking it feels like a conversation in fact I find it works best if even if it's like things you've rehearsed you have to make it seem spontaneous um and you have to acknowledge things if someone right in the front row leaves you gotta probably say something someone throws something at your head you gotta say something whereas if you're singing a song or doing a play they have to break from that, but there's no breaking from being a person standing there talking to you. So in that sense, it's a little bit of, um, yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of a totally, totally different thing. Audiences um, expect different things and a different level of being present, I guess. I've never really thought about it before. I think that's a great observation. It does make it um, necessary for you to be, you know, 
there and paying attention and you have to respond. So yeah, it's different from our perspectives and it's different from the audience perspectives. It's also something that um makes stand up something that a lot of people don't truly see as an art. Like it's something you can go see for $5 at a bar or for free if you already happen to be eating at that restaurant. It's this thing where if you're a new comic, you're grateful people have stayed instead of leaving after their meal. Um, so in a way, it's like it almost feels like um, you're like it, it, not professional. Do you know what I mean? It's like you're begging people to perform. And and it's true that for many, many years, there's like almost no money in it. Right. And it's like passion driven um, or you're waiting for an opportunity or a few really big opportunities or just doing it because you love it. Like I know so many comedians that just do it because they love it instead of thinking about like the financial gain or whatever. There's almost no comics that I know that have like a financial model or a forecast or something like that. It's unstructured for sure. But then it's also something where if you reach a certain level or threshold, then it can be very uh different and much more lucrative and like if you're playing a stadium like Kevin Hart does or Trevor Noah does then that's not gritty I don't know I just do it because I like it that's Julie Kim a stand-up comedian from Vancouver who will be in Seattle this week here's a clip of Julie Kim I did most of the work in the pregnancy I'm pretty sure he he made the sperm uh which is something men can't not do. Did you know? <laughs> Seriously, men are always making sperm. Always, always. Every single minute of the day, always making sperm. Think of every interaction you've ever had with a man, and now it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Men make 1,500 sperm a second. Yeah, you're doing it right now. It's very rude, sir, by the way. Front row. You, you. These guys are smiling at me and just making sperm. Is that cocky? <laughs> the hallmark of a man? Holy shit, right? Now people say, people say men can't multitask. Uh, clearly not true. Eh? Men are always making sperm and doing maximum one other thing at a time. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's all hard. It started with pregnancy. Pregnancy, very hard. Everything was swollen. I was nauseous and stuff. I decided to use pregnancy as the only chance in my life to eat whatever I wanted and not feel bad about it. Oh, my God. Every day was a buffet, you guys. Every day. It was fun, though. I, um, oh, my God, I ate all the time. I was lucky I didn't get sick. No diabetes or anything. Um, just some stretch marks, but mostly around my mouth from all the chewing, you know? <laughs> Some of them are gone, honestly, but I, I gained about 60 pounds, which uh, is a lot for most mammals, but <laughs> I had fun. And for the most part, for the most part, it was fun, but sometimes I would get sad about it. Apparently, uh, it's normal to get a little depressed about the weight gain around like the second or third chin, maybe fourth, I don't know. But, oh. My husband tried to make me feel better. He came up to me one day. I was I was I was lying in bed reading a book or eating a cake. Honestly, don't remember. And oh, he touched my hair. He was so proud of himself. He goes like this, <clears throat> "Honey, I just want you to know that I'm okay with you being fat because of the baby." Oh. Uh -huh. Yeah, he did. He did. Also, back off, ladies. He's mine. Okay, just. Um, <laughs> 
didn't know what to say, but what I did say was, um, thanks, hon. Uh, I've been okay with you being fat this whole time. (laughs) Thank you. Since we're sharing, you know? Comedian Julie Kim will be in Seattle at the Crocodile on Thursday. For more information, you can visit kbcs.fm or go to thecrocodile.com. For more KBCS stories and to support our work with a donation, you can visit kbcs.fm.